The voice of reason. The voice of alarm. The voice of stats. The voice of scouts. The voice of Kool-Aid. The voice of dismay. The voice of Davo. And how about those Royals off to their best start in 12 years? It was 2003, the last time KC was 4-0 as they continue to own the Angels in recent times. Winning game one of three, 4-2, as it's Davo welcoming you into another edition of Clubhouse Conversation, your dish where we'll break this one down in full. We'll preview the next couple of games, tell you what I think needs to happen, what I think will happen. But first, let's start off with our player of the game tonight. And that's a pretty easy one for me, Jason Vargas. Yeah, there was the big home run from Kendrys Morales. Some big two-out hits in this one from Kane and Hosmer. Uh, Some great relief pitching from different guys. But to me, Jason Vargas is your player of the game tonight. And he's also involved in the moment of the game. I think the moment of the game was the bottom of the third inning. Let's think back. The Royals are ahead, one nothing, but it's now 1-1. One one. Here's how the inning goes. So Chris Iannetta leads off. The bottom of the third strikes out. You got Colin Cowgill, bloops a little single to left. Johnny Givitello grounds that into a force out, but then Cole Calhoun doubles home Geo. So the game is tied at one. All right. Now, Mike Trout walks on five pitches. So you've got first and second with two outs. Cole Calhoun's at second, Mike Trout's at first. Okay, first and second, two outs. You've already given away your one nothing lead. The game's now 1-1, one one, and you've got Albert Pujols coming up. First and second, two outs, Pujols coming up. The, the, the game was in the line to me at this point. Vargas is over 20 pitches in that inning. Vargas cruised through the first couple of innings, but gets in a little trouble there, and you've got the big, powerful Pujols up. The righty who I think, you know, that's my concern with Vargas, as as I've been telling you about throughout the spring, is some of these power-hitting right-handers who can also take take the ball to right center field, which Pujols can. But Vargas gets him. He K's him looking on five pitches. Huge performance. Huge at-bat in the game in that bottom of the third inning. The Royals get out of that one-to-one. It's not long after that until they take the lead back there in the top of the fifth. And I think that was the moment that saved the game. Now, I mean, there were some other moments that were key as well, obviously, when you're talking about defense. Jason Frazier facing Geo in the seventh inning with a runner at second, two outs, gets out of there. You've got the Kelvin Herrera facing Pujols and Freeze with one on and one out there in the eighth. But to me, the most pressure cooked, the most dangerous moment of the game came in that third inning. So props to Jason Vargas. Six innings, two runs tonight, scattering five hits. Walked one, struck out three. The changeup was working great tonight for Vargas, and when that happens, obviously he's good, and when he's controlling the corners as he did tonight, got a fairly liberal strike zone from Bill Miller, maybe perhaps inconsistent at times. Both teams were kind of frustrated with the strike zone, but I thought for the most part a a pitcher-friendly and a fair strike zone tonight by Bill Miller, which makes the Royals at bats even more impressive, which we'll get to here in a little bit. But let's also talk about, like I said, Jason Frazier. We mentioned him briefly. Another scoreless inning for the guy who's barely making over a million dollars. And for you and I, we're saying, wow, that's a tough life, over a million. But in the grand scheme, Frazier uh, underpaid for what he gives the Royals. And underpaid considering how many teams have lackluster bullpens. It, it continues to amaze me. Some of the take a minute, you know, after, after you listen to this or while you're listening to this, get on MLB.com or wherever. Look through some of the rosters of some of these teams and look at some of the names they have in their bullpen. It's embarrassing how the Royals. I mean, it's just not fair. I mean, and it's embarrassing how the Royals continue to stockpile these arms. Embarrassing to other teams. I'm saying. I mean, how does Dayton Moore continue to be the bullpen master since he's been here? 
I mean, you go back to even his early days when guys like Ramon Ramirez and Robbie Tejeda and, you know, on and on and on. All the different guys Dayton seems to find in that bullpen. It's amazing. The man's an architect of bullpens. Speaking of bullpens, Kelvin Herrera, one hit, one K in his inning. Wade Davis, three K strikes out the side with a four-pitch walk mixed in in the ninth. I don't remember him ever having a four-pitch walk since going to the bullpen. Combined this year, 11 scoreless innings from the Royals' bullpen. Tonight, how about this line? Three innings, no runs on two hits, six strikeouts, one walk. Filthy. Just enjoy this bullpen. Like I talked about the other day, we have this bullpen, this damn good bullpen, even if you figure one of the three of the HDH is probably gone at the end of this year, even figuring one of them being gone, you still have a sick bullpen probably for another two to three years with the current crop of guys. you got Hoot signed for a couple of years. you got Davis or Holland. You've got Herrera. And you've got so many guys coming up through the system that and Dayton Moore just proving that I – mean, just enjoy this. I mean, for you, I'm assuming it's like it is for me. You watch the game and you feel like if the Royals – that's why I say when, when Vargas gets out of that third inning with the game still tied, the Royals go back up 2-1. And when they get through the six, I tweeted before the bottom of the six, the Royals were ahead 3-1. I said, this is, you know, 2-3-4. Vargas is facing Broadway. He's at 80, what, 83 pitches, I think, going into the sixth. If he can get through this inning, you feel like the Royals are going to win. I mean, not that I'm telling you anything you don't know, but, I mean, how much of a luxury is that? So enjoy this. We have it for now, maybe for a couple more years. But just enjoy it. I mean, it's, just, it's a luxury. <laughs> These other teams don't have bullpens. It's, it's amazing. Defensively, want to plug Eric Hosmer's tonight. A couple of goal golf plays, a, a nice scoop from Eski, the fourth inning and a throw that kind of short hopped over there. And then, of course, the goal glove play in the bottom of the first, getting that third out on the Albert Pujols pop out. And, yeah, again, that's the first inning. It's not a high leverage inning, quote unquote, but as we know, the whole high leverage thing is a little bit, you know, blown out of proportion. The first inning is really just important as the ninth inning. And that play, anytime you can make sure guys like Trout and Pujols don't get extra swings against a guy like Vargas, who it's still dangerous for him to face those kind of guys, you know, as a lefty going against those guys. Because if he makes a mistake, they'll make him pay. Vargas, to me, only made, what, two mistakes tonight? The free, you know, the, uh, the freeze home run and one cookie. Uh, later in the game, actually, that wasn't him. That was actually Frazier. That was one of the cookie to Johnny Giovatello that he missed in the six. I, I guess, to me, Vargas made one mistake tonight. Let's correct that. One mistake by Vargas. It's that home run pitch. And speaking of freeze, that, that kid can play a little third base. I never really knew how. I mean, I guess I knew he was solid over there, but I never thought he was good. He had a couple just fantastic plays over there at third base. So a little love thrown his way as well. So offensively, the Royals, the thing I want to talk about most tonight is the great at-bats they keep putting together. I mean, I really think you can count on one hand the amount of bad at-bats the Royals have had this year. You think of the other day, uh, the third game of the year, a moose pops out in the first pitch with the runner at third on the infield. And tonight, there was a Hosmer at-bat, you know, three a three-pitch strikeout with the bases loaded there in the ninth with a chance to drive in another run. But those are few and far between. There's very, very few bad at bats. I mean, these at bats have been absolutely spectacular from the Royals. I I can't tell you how proud I am watching this team day in and day out and seeing these hitters grow and mature. Check this out. Went back and crunched some numbers. There were nine different at bats tonight where the Royals saw six pitches or more. Nine different at bats. And you know, some teams like, you know, professional quote unquote hitters, veteran teams, that's not a huge deal. But my point is you've got guys like Salvador Perez and Alcides Escobar drawing walks and going deep into counts. You've got Lorenzo Kane spitting on great pitchers' pitches. You saw Alex Rios tonight. A nine pitch at bat, a six pitch at bat, a five pitch at bat. Yeah, he went oh for four, but hit the ball hard once and saw what, twenty four pitches tonight and his four at bats? 
that stuff helps, man. You get the starters out of the games earlier. You wear them down. You see more pitches. There, there's so many positives. You know, your teammates and you get to see more pitches. You, you, you know, get more patterns from the pitcher. You wear the pitcher down. He's more up to make a mistake the more pitches he throws. You're more up to get into the bullpen where the weaker guys are, especially with other teams. You know, you're more up to wear down a bullpen early in a series. There's just so many advantages with seeing more pitches. So big props there. And then the two out hitting tonight was good. Eric Hosmer and Kane. Kane, the two out doubled in the first. Haas driving them in. Uh, you know, later on, Kane driving in another one. The Royals have now scored in the first inning three of four games this year. And then Kendrys Morales, that blast, saying goodbye to Hector Santiago, who, by the way, has a, a nice heavy ball that moves. He's he's tough to hit. You can tell the ball, especially for a right-hander, that ball just bores in on you. It's a heavy ball with lots of movement. I like Santiago. He's a pretty good little pitcher. But... Uh, Morales, you know, a blast, which ends up being the deciding run in the game. And it was a great game tonight. Just a nice night for the Royals. They continue to, uh, you know, to just, I mean, just, just savor it. Enjoy it. There's going to be a clunker coming soon, but the clunkers are going to be a heck of a lot easier to take when you continue to straighten together wins. So, you know, let's see what the Royals can do these next two games. The, the next two matchups are going to be tough, which means tonight was even more important. To get that win against Hector Santiago, who is a solid pitcher, but, I mean, no offense against him, obviously. He's nowhere near Jared Weaver at least not career-wise, or C.J. Wilson. Again, Santiago may not be that far behind some of these guys now. I have my questions about both guys, namely Wilson. But it's Jeremy Guthrie tomorrow. Let's talk about the next two games. Jeremy Guthrie tomorrow taking on Jared Weaver, Weaver's second outing of the year. Of course, Guthrie making his debut for the year. Guthrie did not pitch against the Angels last year. In the ALDS, Weaver on opening day went six innings, if you're wondering, against the Mariners, gave up four runs in those six innings, so it wasn't particularly good. Last time he saw the Royals in game one last year, and that tilt that the Royals won with Vargas on the hill, seven innings last time the Royals saw him, two runs in the ALDS. So Weaver's a tough guy. I, I think he'll probably pitch well tomorrow, coming home, coming off kind of a rough outing, and you got to believe the Angels are getting sick and tired of the Royals owning them in recent uh, we'll, we'll just have recent months because <laughs> that's not a real long-standing tradition here. Let's not get too cocky here. Uh, it's a game that probably slightly favors the Angels, although I like Guthrie pitching against that lineup in that big park with the Royals' defense. It'll be interesting to see uh, who we see tomorrow in the lineup. I've got to believe there's a decent chance that we see Gerard Dyson in there for Lorenzo Cain tomorrow. Uh, especially with Cain, you know, banging into the wall yesterday, being a little bit sore. You're not going to start Dyson against a lefty Wilson on Sunday. I, I'd imagine we see Dyson out there for Kane, giving him a day off tomorrow. Wouldn't surprise me to see an Eric Kratz signing out there either. You know Salvi's going to catch Ventura Sunday, so I think good chance we see Kratz out there tomorrow. Decent chance we see Cologne either tomorrow or Sunday. So we'll see what lineup Ned throws out there tomorrow. Now Then on Sunday, the aforementioned C.J. Wilson who started off the 2015 campaign with a bang in the second start, second game of the year, I should say, second game of the year against the Mariners. Eight shutout innings, scattering two hits, two strikeouts against the Mariners. Last time KC saw him, they lit him up. Two-thirds of an inning there in that game three at Kauffman Stadium. Three runs, three hits. His ERA that night, I just, I just like looking at this, his ERA that night was 40.50, 40.5 last time. So you got Ventura going on Sunday. You're wondering about him, obviously. He had a great start as his opening one before the hand cramp, or the, sorry, the thumb cramp. And then last year, game two of the ALDS, seven innings, one run on five hits with five Ks against the Angels. So you give KC, I would say, the slight edge on, on Sunday, and you give the Angels probably the slight edge tomorrow. Although I do like both Ventura and Guthrie against this lineup. 
what does that mean? My prediction, I believe the Royals will split the next two. And that's all they have to do. The Royals take two out of three at you know at the Angels. Yes, please. The Royals start the year five and one. Yes, please. Split these next two. You have the slight edge in one, maybe a slight disadvantage in one, or if you want to really just be neutral, you can just say it's a toss-up game in both of them. But, you know, that's what baseball is. So there you go. I believe the Royals will split these next two. We'll have it here for you again on Clubhouse Conversation. Enjoyed this one tonight. Hope the Royals can keep this rolling. I think it's going to be a fun, fun summer and into the fall. And we hope you'll be here uh, nightly, daily, weekly for the interviews with current and former players throughout the entire 2015 season on Clubhouse Conversation. Have a good night and go Royals!